We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We've got some transactions to get into today, some moves being made around the NBA, some news as well. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I want to start with a positive. There's so much negativity, especially in the world that I'm living in right now. There's so much negativity. I want to start with something that's positive that I thought was really, really cool. I didn't see the game myself. But I heard all about this situation with Markel Fultz making his season debut and Orlando Magic fans giving him a standing ovation. Like, that's that's just a cool moment, and I, I know you saw it, so I wanted to get your take on that to kick things off. Yeah, it was really cool to to see Markel Fultz back. They they and, and you're right, it was a good crowd last night in Orlando, so they were uh, you know super excited to see him um, you know play and everything, and that that's just you know it's. Orlando doesn't have the rich history, especially like the teams you and I cover and those kind of things. And it's not a a city that's super known for basketball or anything like that. This is football country, obviously. Um, But yeah, it was really cool. And it was his first game in well over a year, uh, really almost 14 months uh, since he had played last. He played last on January 6th. Uh, of 2021, he tore his ACL uh, about four and a half minutes into that game. Uh, and this was his first game back. And not only was he back, which that would have been cool enough, right? Like, would have been good. He actually played really well. He had a really nice game. He uh, shot five of seven from the floor, including a few jumpers uh, mixed in there. Uh, form looked smooth. Everything looked clean. He had 10 points. He had six assists. Uh, did a good job driving the ball and making plays mm-hmm. for others. So very, very fun to have him back. And it's going to be really something cool to monitor over these last 20 games or so, how he fits in that backcourt with Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, uh, their their bench, this was just kind of comical last night, was Fultz, Harris, Ross, Hampton, and Chumo Kiki. Chumo Kiki was the big, I'm doing air quotes around that for those who can't see me, in that lineup at about six foot seven or so. So that's, uh, you know, just, uh, it's just, you know, they're going to play a bunch of guards and see what it looks like the rest of the way and see how those guys fit together and determine, you know, who's the future. But yeah, Fultz looked looked really, really good. So really happy to see him back. 
And we should mention he did that in 16 minutes. So 10 points yes. and, and six assists in just 16 minutes, which makes it all yep. the more impressive. Uh, and for the, the Magic, it's important that they see what he's got. Uh, he's still under mm-hmm. contract next season at $16.5 million. Uh, he's at 17 million the following season, but I know that's not all full, fully guaranteed. What does that Correct. look he's like? He's only at 2 million guaranteed. Okay. So yep. they're going to have some decisions to make with him because if he's able to show something and maybe even if he, he looks like a, a piece moving forward, that's, that's a kind of contract that's got some trade value too. So sure. what he does from here on out can actually be important for some of the decision-making for the magic this summer. Yeah, or, you know, even if, like, let's say you decided we like the fit of him and Suggs better Mm -hmm. together than Cole Anthony, maybe Cole Anthony before he becomes extension eligible, you look to trade him or something like that. So, yeah, the Magic have a lot of options. It's I I am by no means trying to say that the team here, my my adopted hometown team is good because I'm not I'm not going to try to say that, but they have pieces that are pretty good. You know, uh, Suggs had actually tied his career high last night with 10 assists. He He's really starting to, um, you know, put things together. He looks more point guard-ish than uh, off-ball, which is also kind of interesting to see how that comes comes together uh, with this because a lot of their guards are looking a little bit better on-ball than off-ball right now. But Franz Wagner has been really solid as a rookie. Uh, has played really, really well. Mo Bamba's had moments this year. Wendell Carter Jr., who they signed to a nice 16. Extension. He's had a good year. So there's pieces there. They, if they, if they can kind of sort through this, kind of get their off season, right. You could see Orlando maybe do what the Cavs have done in, in a year or so, you know, jump up the standings. You got to nail this draft pick, get the right guy in there with this group, but, but they're, they're looking promising moving forward. And, the, and, and that's, I didn't even mention Jonathan Isaac, who yeah. hasn't even played you know, a second this year. And we'll, we'll see. It's starting to feel like maybe we won't see him at all uh, this year. But you know, if, if we don't, he's still only going to be 25 at the start of next season. Like, that's how you know, young it, he is. So, I mean, this team is just super duper young. It feels like he's been in the league for like 10 years at, at this yeah, point. But, it does. but Jonathan yeah. Isaac's certainly an interesting piece. And, and I hope he can come back and get healthy because he's shown so many flashes. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting player. Got, got to keep an eye on. Uh, but let's yeah. move on to another, I think, kind of cool story, positive thing here. Isaiah Thomas. Welcome yeah. back again, IT. I, I hope it sticks. <laughs> I hope it sticks this time. But IT with the Charlotte Hornets, he's tearing it up in the G League, right? Just dropping these 40-point games and everything. And now here he is getting another look with, with the Charlotte Hornets. We keep saying that he's he's good enough to be on an NBA roster. And for some reason, mm-hmm. he just hasn't quite been able to stick. Maybe he's that guy that's just in that in-between zone where he's too good for the G League, but not quite good enough to stay on an NBA roster, but I, I'm hoping this guy's battled back from injuries. I'm hoping that this is the the one that that sticks for him. Yeah, I agreed. This one is kind of the Hornets after they, their trade deadline moves. They were left really without a backup point guard, which was putting a lot of pressure on uh, Terry Rozier, which he can handle that role. Mm-hmm. But he's also their starting two guard, so he was. They were really, I think, pushing him and LaMelo Ball more minutes than they're comfortable with because then they were I think their hope was or maybe James Booknight is ready for some more on-ball reps we can kind of push him into that maybe we can get a little bit more out of Cody Martin as a ball handler um clearly I think maybe they'd think differently if Gordon Hayward was healthy but he isn't healthy so they're left with it's really Rogier and ball as they're only guys who can set up the offense. So getting Thomas in there, will give them another guy. And and I think 
because of that. Maybe, you know, as long as he he's okay. It's it's funny because people are like, well, he doesn't mm-hmm. play any defense. And I was like, so he's, he's a, a perfect, perfect Hornet. for the Hornets then. <laughs> they don't play defense. <laughs> right? They don't play any defense either. So, you know, but yeah, I think if he can show that he can be competitive, which every reason to believe he will be, I think he has a chance to stick and, uh, you know, last there in, in uh, Charlotte with the Hornets for the rest of this season. Here's the, I think there's a big difference between backups and starters. I mean, beyond just you're on the floor to start the game, but in terms of what you're looking for as a team from a backup compared to what you need from a starter, when you're talking about a guy like Isaiah Thomas, the question is, do you lose those minutes when he's on the floor? Are you, are you yeah. just hemorrhaging points out there? That's what you can't have. But if he can come out there and give you enough of a scoring punch to where you can at least stay even, the Hornets are, are happy with that, right? So it's not so. So sometimes it's yep. easier to overlook the particular flaws of, of any given player. And with Isaiah Thomas, it's defensive. If they can just produce enough to stay even with whatever their opponent is mm-hmm. at. So it's kind of a different bar that you're trying to clear if you're a reserve for a team compared to a starter that maybe is expected to go out, get out there and be the driving force that wins you the game. Yeah, I mean, let's be realistic, too. This is a team that is 10th in the East. They're trying to hold off Washington and maybe New York. I know we're going to talk about them in a minute here, but they're trying to just get into the play-in. You know, they're they're only a half game behind the Hawks. They're actually, surprisingly, only two and a half behind the Nets. Um, But you're talking a team that's going to be in the play-in tournament. You're You're not looking at it as, you know, can Isaiah Thomas hold up defensively for 15 minutes a game in the second and third round of the playoffs? That's, that's not where this is realistically going to go. You'll also, a lot of times with a backup, look at and make a decision as far as, well, what if the starter goes down long-term? Well, if they lose ball or Rozier long-term, they're they're pretty sunk anyway. It's not really going to matter. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not, again, you're not, you're not fully building this out as a, you know, uh, as a six month roster signee, I guess is the best way to put that. Let's talk about another undersized point guard, DJ Augustine, the Lakers made a move. They, uh, they are waving one DJ Deandre Jordan and picking up another DJ, DJ Augustine, veteran point guard bounced around a number of teams. In fact, this will be his 11th team in the NBA. So so he's one of those guys that has seen a lot of this league over the course of his career. And we also have heard that they're going to be adding Wenyan Gabriel. This is all coming from Shams Tarania of The Athletic. Let's start with the waving DeAndre Jordan piece, though, because there is another team that's tied in there, and then we can get to kind of DJ Augustine. So the Lakers decided to part ways with DeAndre Jordan. A lot of people thinking it was kind of funny that the night before he through a pass ridiculously over the intended target, like into the, <laughs> into the stands, he throws this pass and people are saying, Oh, this is, that's when the Lakers decided to cut him is when he threw that pass, but, but they're going to wave him. And I had a lot of people on Twitter, particularly we saw John Hollinger do this say, why didn't, if you're going to wave him, why didn't the Lakers try to just pay somebody to take his salary? And now we're hearing that the 76ers might actually claim Deandre Jordan on waivers. So from a salary cap perspective, that changes a lot in terms of what the Lakers are paying on the luxury tax. Yeah, big time. Even though Jordan's on a minimum contract, if he is waived, what ultimately will happen is the Lakers will still be on the hook if he doesn't get claimed. 
And because of where they are above the tax, you know, levels to the tax, they're they're going to get hit. It's it's going to be basically about five million bucks or so in that range. If uh, if they were if they're able to get off his salary free and clear now, some of that will obviously get eaten up by signing Augustine to replace him. But it's it's that that's you're talking probably a savings of four ish million or so in that range uh, total if you can't get off free and clear. I kind of, if I'm, I don't, because they're dealing with their own tax issues as well. Unless you're really concerned someone else is going to come in and sign DeAndre Jordan, I wouldn't claim him. You know, let the Lakers eat that hit and then you sign him yourself, you know, later, because then you can sign him for just a prorated Mm -hmm. minimum and you don't take the full salary hit on for it and you save actually some tax money. But if they think another team may slide in there and say, hey, we really want DeAndre Jordan. Then, I mean, I guess, you know, you claim them if that's where what your worry is, because we get it right. They, they since they made their moves they're they don't really have a backup mm-hmm. center anymore after trading uh, Andre Drummond. So apparently they're going to keep cycling through uh, former Lakers centers <laughs> the here. Third in a row. Marcus Hall, I guess, doesn't want to come <laughs> over. Right. He doesn't, doesn't want to come back to play for Philly. So, uh, you know, they, they, I don't think Shaq's in good no. enough shape to pull it off now. So, yeah, I just it. In the end, fine. If you're Philly, take this shot. But I don't think he can really play yeah. anymore. He can't move anymore. Like, that's the problem. And it was funny because I saw people like, hey, he still shot, shot 67% from the floor because he will not take a shot unless mm-hmm. it's a dunk. Like, now, like, it, it's rare. Like, he doesn't even go to the jump hook anymore. Like, it's it's got to be a dunk or an extremely easy layup for him to him to take it now. And, yeah, 67% on a whopping 2.8 shots per game. You know, it's just like that. My bigger problem is the defensive end. He just he, he can't move his feet, yeah. can't step out and hedge. He can't do any of the stuff that he used to be able to do. And that's, that's, that's tough. But if you're Philly and you need him for 10 minutes a night, I guess I'd rather just go small in those minutes right. if I was them, but is, whatever. Is he better than Willie Cauley-Stein? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I think I that, mean, that's the that's, decision. Right? That's kind of the question you're asking. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And they've got a couple kids, but clearly they're trying to win a championship. So they're not in the development of, you know, hey, let's play Charles Bassey or Paul Reed and, you know, we'll sort through it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I have no, 
no huge issue with it. It's just I don't I certainly wouldn't claim them if I was Philly. It just doesn't make sense to to go that. So let me try to connect some dots here because I've got this theory about what may have occurred here. Um, And this is again, this is complete uh, just guess by me. But DeAndre Jordan is a Doc Rivers guy, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. they've got history. So if the Philadelphia 76ers let it be known that, hey, they were interested in signing DeAndre Jordan if he does get bought out, from the Lakers' perspective, is it worth eating that hit to get rid of DeAndre Jordan just so you can pick up a DJ Augustine? Well, if it was, they probably would have paid some team just to take on Jordan's salary at the trade deadline or something mm-hmm. like that. So is it really worth... On the going from DJ Augustine or going from DeAndre Jordan to DJ Augustine to take that much money on, is it going to make a difference this season? Really? Probably not. So my guess yeah. is that through whatever back channeling they needed to do, the, yeah, the 76ers said, Hey, if you wave this guy, we'll claim him. And then yeah, certainly possible. that, that just seems to make some sense to me. And again, no sourcing or anything on that. That's just, that's my guess. Yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, you know, I think that's definitely re- reasonable, I think, to to look at it that way. I think um, as you get into it to the it, it may be one of those where, hey, we just need mm-hmm. anybody who kind of gets Doc and what Doc's looking for um, out of like defensive schemes and stuff. So let's let's run with uh, um uh, DeAndre Jordan, because because he he knows mm-hmm. that stuff. So yeah, let, let's see. But yeah, I think um, interesting too with DJ Augustine. If we want to yeah. flip to that for a minute for for the Lakers side, I my I don't fully get this. I guess this tells me they have no faith. Kendrick yes, Nunn's exactly. coming back. Is why would you do this otherwise? Avery Bradley's also been out for for a while now. What a couple mm-hmm. weeks at least it's going on. So you know whatever's happening there, and, and my guess is they're looking at it as, hey, we need somebody to come in so that it's not Russ for thirty two minutes a night, and then the other minutes we got to stagger and put it all mm-hmm. on LeBron to just you know even dribble the ball up the court. Because when I watch them, it's pretty rare that it's anybody but one of those two even bringing it up court. And, you know, so just getting another guy who can even just do that, get you in your offense and go like that, that'll have some value because you got to you got to start finding ways. If you're hopeful to be competitive at all in the postseason, you got to start finding ways to take take uh, some of the load off LeBron's plate. Like it just, you know, even just simple stuff. I know that sounds so stupid. <laughs> Bring the ball, but up it's the so yep. true. Like that, yeah, that that you know, seven eight seconds to get it up, then a couple more to get you into your set. Like that can be, you know, you're talking doing that, you know, 40, 50 times a game. That's you know, now he can just kind of run down, get in the corner, set the play, whatever it is, and go from there. So, yeah, that's uh, that, that's my guess is what they looked at. And they were like, we're not ever going to go to DeAndre Jordan again anyway. So let's let's just just run this one. I haven't seen yet. You're obviously the Lakers guy, so maybe you've seen. I haven't seen if it's going to be Sekou Deboer or Mason yeah. Jones for Wenyan Gabriel because that's the other thing. He's coming in on right. a two way. Um, so, but I haven't seen seen who they've there. I haven't yet. either. I've been looking for it as well, and I I have not seen it. I do want to mention just like DeAndre Jordan is a Doc Rivers guy. DJ Augustine is a Frank Vogel guy. Played for him in yep. Indiana. Played for yep. him in Orlando as well. But but moving on yep. to, to Wendy and Gabriel, they pick up on a two way contract. This is the kind of guy that I guessed the Lakers would probably go after. I didn't know that it would be at the expense of one of the two way guys. But six nine 
relatively switchy wing that can do some things for you. Just, yeah. just shy of 25 years old. So this this makes some sense. Just take a flyer on somebody, see if there's something there, maybe something that you can use perhaps this season, but probably looking ahead to, to next season as well. Yeah, the challenge is, and just to to we're all clear on the two way rules. This will be a one year mm-hmm. two way right. contract, not a two year, because he's in his fourth year. So this is his actual last year of two way eligibility. So if you're the Lakers, yeah, get him in. I mean, I I loved. I mean, going all the way back to the beginning of the season when they took the shot on Sekou mm-hmm. Demboya, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, take a shot. But then he got hurt, and it was like you know, hasn't shown enough. So if that's where they go and I'm not convinced Mason Jones is an NBA level guy. So yeah, if you can get one, you Gabriel in just to help you for the rest of the regular season. And that could be even one. If he comes in, let's say he comes in and pulls like a Stanley yeah. Johnson and plays well enough where you kind of like him. So then you wave somebody like Wayne Ellington or something like that, you know, before the playoffs start and you give Gabriel a standard contract and move on for the rest yeah. of the year. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let's move to the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks and Mitchell Robinson, not close on an mm-hmm. extension currently. Um, so we need to get into this. Keith, before we came on, you and I were talking about what, what he could get at the maximum. Um, and then what does this mean moving forward for this situation? So you talked, it's a little bit different. I said it was it used to be 448. Now you say it's, it's what, it's four, I believe you said 55 is the most that you could get. Yeah, it's almost 56. Yeah, it's 456 point or 55.6. Okay. Um for reference, if anybody wants to go to Spot Track, look at what Dorian Finney-Smith's contract looks like, and it would be the exact same numbers. Dorian Finney-Smith uh, just signed his extension with Dallas. Uh, it'll start next season, but kicks in at the max money he could get, so $12.4 million next year. How it works, just uh, you know, tenant of the show is education, mm-hmm. right? So um, is you take the average projected salary for this season it's about 10.3 million you do a 120 percent raise off of that uh for a player in the position that um robinson is in because his salary is below that average salary and then that gives you the uh bump to that 12.4 and then you do your raises off of that um so 12.4 13.4 14.4 closing out 15.4 for finney smith now finney smith got a Got a, a trade bonus on there. You got a player option on the end. I don't know about all that. That seems a little you know, a bit much. But uh, but Mitchell Robinson, you know, still a pretty young guy. Um, you know, and and I think all along the Knicks' hope was, yeah, we'll have that. I call that the Dinwiddie mm-hmm. extension. Um, others call it the Josh Richardson extension because he did an extension like that once upon a time with the Miami Heat. Um, but I think the Knicks hope all along was, yeah, that's what we'll get him on at the very least. You know, we'll be able to do that. But Mitchell Robinson had a uh, interesting tweet. Did you I see didn't. this? All right, let me find it here real quick. Um, hopefully I can. Um, but he was not happy on uh, Twitter last night. Um, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now here. Yeah, I, I had it up. And of course, you know, Twitter refreshed on me, so now I've lost it. But anyway, um, well, I'll, I'll find it. But he was um, he basically was like, yeah, hey, you you just run up and down the court like all game long. And, you know, did then you know, see how much you like it. And then he finished oh, it off with uh, I found it. You know, yeah. OK, here. So, so here it is. Yeah, so so Nick's nation said all for re-signing Mitch. But if he's pushing for more money, you explore sign and trade with him. There's a reason why he's pushing the narrative that the coach is holding him back. He's just trying to get paid. Show us more of this offensive game you claim you have. He saw this and responded to it 
and said, everybody knows when everybody gets involved in the ball moving and everybody touching the ball, the energy and effort goes to another level. Let me as you this and be 100% with your answer. How would you feel just running up and down the court for 48 or even 20 minutes? Y'all got to look at it. I deeply appreciate it. If I can watch TikTok without being mentioned in a tweet, kills my vibe. <laughs> Thanks. And have a good one. <laughs> the last part was that is pretty funny but it's that middle part where obviously he's mm -hmm. not thrilled with his uh place in the yeah. organization and and let's go back to prior to the season the knicks had a team option for him they could have declined and made him restricted mm -hmm. free agent last year really controlled the process but they picked that up to have him on the cheap have a ton of cap space uh this summer and now they're in a position where all right, now you've you've used up all that cap space. Now he's an unrestricted mm -hmm. free agent. And in a pretty poor uh, free agent class, he could all of a sudden look pretty good. Now, he hasn't expanded his game really at all. He's basically kind of the same guy he's been since year year one. Uh, with He doesn't block as many shots anymore. Uh, rebounding has gotten a little bit better, mm -hmm. which maybe, is, maybe he's not chasing blocks like he used to, those kind of things. But... No, remember we saw those videos of him, you know, shooting three pointer after three pointer, yeah. um, you know, one day. I want to say maybe that but was before the that's bubble a lot of guys, season though, or something. That, you know, yeah, it, but yeah, he's never taken yeah. one in a game. I, I don't think. Yeah, he's still in four years. He hasn't taken one in a game. So I don't care about that. Right. right great. Cool. You were shooting a bunch of warm ups like during practice in an empty gym. But yeah, so. Let's see. And, you know, and this guy still has battled some health issues. You know, he's been in and out of the lineup a lot in his first few seasons. So I, I don't know where this is going to go. But, you know, my guess is because he's he'll be 24 uh, towards the end of this season. Yeah. Someone will come along and give him a pretty healthy number. What's what's fair market value, you think, for for if you're if you're an NBA GM, what are you comfortable giving Mitchell Robinson? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's a good question. If if I thought he could really move into being a consistent starter who could give me 20 to 25 minutes a night of good defense, rebounding, and rim running, um, I'd give him the full mid-level without question. I, I, I wouldn't even hesitate. That's a touch below what he can get mm -hmm. from the Knicks and the Dinwiddie extension, but – yeah, I'd feel good good about that. So it's a little bit more than what they gave New Orleans Noel uh, this this past year, but I'd feel good about giving them the full mid level if if I felt like there's a little bit more to mm -hmm. come there. If not, then you then it's a chunk of that, right? It's like seven eight million dollars starting salary, and you you build off of that. But I, I think you know full mid level. I think I'd feel all right with. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I'm always on the side of. Um, you don't want to pay too much for centers that don't shoot threes, but in terms of a big man who can really protect the rim, and maybe that's Mitchell yeah. Robinson, maybe that's what he can become, there are some guys where you just say, look, he's so good at what he does that you're willing to, to pay a bit more for that, and and maybe that does wind up being, being him, but we'll see where this plays mm -hmm. out. I do wonder, 
defensively, could he be like what Robert Williams has become for the Celtics? You know, where he's really kind of your defensive like hub on your back line where it's uh, Boston's actually done something different now. Al Horford generally guards like the the opposing center, whoever they determine that to be. And then they've put Williams on the weakest shooter because Brown, Smart and Tatum are virtually interchangeable defensively. They can cover one through three without any problem, really even all the fours in the league. So what Boston has done is they put Williams on the worst shooter and then they let him kind Mm -hmm. of roam. And that's why he's helping at the rim. He's helping on um, you know, double teams. He's helping on traps and all sorts of stuff. And they just kind of let him play off of instinct. So there's no reason why I wouldn't think Mitchell Robinson couldn't mm-hmm. do that. I would assume he he ought to be able to 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 make that kind of tra- transition to that. But um, offensively, Williams Robert Williams is a very good passer. That's it. Um, you know, really you know has a great feel for the game, which Robinson has just never really shown. But there's still place for centers if they can really impact the game, you know, in other ways, he just needs to show that he can. Well, and, and that's just it, right? Like in order to play that kind of a role, you've got to have a natural feel for the game. And that's where, that's yep. where maybe he Absolutely. doesn't fit that criteria, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to perhaps give that a shot. And mm-hmm. obviously it's worked well for the Celtics. Uh, Keith, one of the things that we meant to get to yesterday and we forgot, I forgot. I, I'll take this one. Alizé Johnson. <laughs> Uh, agrees to a 10-day contract with the Pelicans, has already been with the Bulls and the Washington Wizards this season. So the Pelicans will give him a look and see see what he's got. And this guy has, at times, had big moments in the NBA. Uh, he had a, I want to say he had a 20-rebound game, was it, last season? Yeah, uh, last season with the Nets, he had a 21-rebound game uh, last season with, 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 uh, with Brooklyn. So, I mean, there, there's something in there as far as you know being able sure. to play and he did he he had 21 rebounds in 32 minutes off the bench hmm. um in a game last season and that was against the pacers his former team so he might have had a little bit of a little, little bit of juice working there with that one but yeah but it's you know he, he can play a little bit so let's see let's see if he even gets on the floor uh for the pelicans but he he's, he's got a little something all right let's let's wrap things up with expansion uh, Bill Simmons yeah. mentioned on his podcast that there perhaps that uh, LeBron James might get involved in a team going to Las Vegas, that that could be a post playing days venture for LeBron and assuming that the NBA will indeed expand. And we've talked about this before on the show, but that the NBA will indeed expand and that the two locations will wind up being Seattle, which we've talked about is probably the lock like Seattle's getting a team, but then, but then Has the other be. one, could wind up being Las Vegas. We've talked about how they already have a relationship with Las Vegas, Summer League being hosted there, how well that's worked out. Now you've got the Raiders in town, Golden Knights, all these other sports teams coming to to Vegas. It would make a lot of sense, but I think the LeBron James angle is particularly interesting. Yeah, it was was really interesting too with Simmons saying that. So that kind of tells me that he's hearing, thinking, probably a little bit of both that if, uh, if this goes this way, um, that he will be, um, this will happen after he's done mm-hmm. playing obviously. Right. Cause he's not going to be involved in, in coming in as an owner, player owner. Like yeah. that's not a thing. I wouldn't even imagine how that conflict of interest. They don't even allow player coaches anymore. Imagine a player owner. That'd be, I'd <laughs> imagine the CBA oh language that would have to be That'd created be for that. Um, but yeah, but he's saying LeBron, you know, has kind of made it known, which we've seen these guys 
like LeBron, Kevin Garnett, these guys who've made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in their career, it's not as ridiculous mm-hmm. as it sounds if, you know, some guy who's made $10 million in his career wants to be a part owner, right? Like these guys are, they, they all of a sudden they're in a place. And I think LeBron's going to be one of those guys. He's going to be as public a face as he mm-hmm. wants to be in his post-playing career. You know, he'll, he'll be you know, around as much as he wants to, as far as endorsements go and all those things. So yeah, my guess is if, if it's Vegas, I start to wonder, are they cool with, going in with the golden Knights and sharing the T-Mobile mm-hmm. arena, uh, there in Vegas. Um, clearly they're not going to play at UNLV. It's not big enough, um, to be, you know, an NBA, uh, stadium, you know, when it goes, um, but you go there now you're the second tenant behind the hockey team, um, in a building that's owned by yeah, a casino group, you know, so would they need their own arena? You know, where did, how does that start to look? So I, it, there's just a lot of answers that have to come up with Las Vegas if it's going to be the spot. Um, whereas like Seattle, clearly they've already said they'll you know play at a what's a Climate mm-hmm. Pledge Arena or whatever yeah. it is now versus what a you know key formerly arena. Key yeah. Arena. They'd play there initially until they could get a new arena built. But you know we're talking we're not talking in the next year or two anyway. You know, so plenty of time to figure these things out. But Las Vegas has a lot of stuff mm. going forward if they're going to be that that second. And I I have been told direct from folks you know who you know are really involved in this kind of stuff is it will be two teams. It will not be one team. Uh, if we remember, it was one team and then it was one more team to get mm. to thirty. They went from twenty eight to twenty nine to thirty. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really really curious to see you know, what happens with this. I think it would be pretty exciting. I mean, for, from a financial perspective, it makes all the sense in the world for league owners to, to yeah. want to do something like this. But And there's enough yes, talent that too. in the league now to do it as well. So it, it would be interesting to see what happens if they go down this path and LeBron could certainly be involved. And the first thing that popped into my head is, oh my gosh, every player on the team will be a clutch sports client. And then what, is that, what does that look like? <laughs> oh man, that'd yes. be something, yes. right? Yeah, well... It, it, it just without getting super into it, I believe bylaws is he would have to give up his his ownership. But we all yes. know how that stuff goes, right? He he. Yes, I've sold my ownership of the agency. I, I technically don't think he's actually an right. owner right now. He's I like don't think he can. Whatever be. it is. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, we all that know where be. this will go. So yeah, it'll be a. It, it'll mm-hmm. be something. But yeah, it's uh you know uh one other thing I want to leave with before we yeah. we go, just because I was looking at this. There are a ton of awesome games this week, but a lot of them are on not on national TV. They're on League Pass because we're still in this like gotta have the Nets on national TV, gotta have the Knicks on national TV. I'm not well, trying to you know twist the knife, but gotta have the, the Lakers. The Nets, on national so please TV. take the Lakers off national TV, please, so we can I, stop getting yeah. so much attention. Um, but the the Nets <laughs> actually just got bumped too off off TV by yeah, the, by the Grizzlies because John Morant does superhuman Grizzlies things every Celtics. night. Yes. Yeah, but there's still a bunch. But there's like there's like a, a Heat Bucks game mm-hmm. that's on a, on League Pass. Mm-hmm. A uh, I want to say it's Bulls Bucks is on League Pass this week. So you know, make sure you get your League Pass. It's, they, I think it's they've lowered the price on the it. You can get it pretty cheap. Yeah, for the rest of the season. So there's some really really awesome games coming down the stretch. And I'm gonna make a little prediction Ooh. here, and I'm doing this off the cuff. I think the Bulls are gonna start to really slide in the standings. They their schedule is killer 
the rest of the way. It, I mean, j- even in the next like week or so, it is just loaded mm. with really, really good teams. So um, I, I think there's a chance they start to slide a little bit in the standings. Well, especially with the 76ers surging, winners of three in a row. They're only a game back. Yeah, they, they could. Yep. Still waiting for the box to kind of kick mm-hmm. it into gear. Maybe maybe it's not going to be a thing that happens. But yeah, I think yeah. I mean, two the the Bulls are in second mm-hmm. right now, but they're only three and a half ahead of Boston, who's in yeah. sixth. The Eastern so, Conference. I'm not saying they're going to slide all the way down there, but I they might be fighting for home court versus a top top mm-hmm. seed. You know, we'll see. They've surprised me all year. Maybe they continue to do so, but it just things look like they're set up for them to them to dip a little. May happen. It's going to be interesting how things close out, particularly in the Eastern Conference. Everything is still very, very compact. But oh, yeah. hey, and John Morant, holy cow! Oh last my gosh, night. what a game! Co- I mean, <laughs> what a, they just we can't so, not mention it. I mean, he was ridiculous. I mean, he has that dunk, and I'm thinking, oh my yeah. god, like that's that's the play of the night. And then he finishes off the quarter with that insane like catch and just <laughs> flips what, it towards whatever the, that was. That was uh, <laughs> if you ever played the game like with your friends growing up, tip it. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes people call yeah. it 21 or whatever, but he it was basically yep. one of those shots, right? Where just the ball goes flying and you just grab it and throw it at the hoop. And it goes yep. in and it's just like, my goodness, this guy is so much fun just on a night-to-night basis. Oh, thank goodness for John yeah, Moran. He's, he's definitely been one of the bright spots <laughs> of the NBA this season. So good. Yeah, I mean, that was just, I mean, and talk about the game where his teammates are like, yeah, we're just getting out yeah. of his way. <laughs> like, go. It really did. There was a lot of cool back and forth with him and Allen Iverson on the I timeline last that. night. And that's what it reminded me of was back when, like, the Philly guys would just be like, all right, AI's got this. Get out of it. Just set screens and then get out of the way. You know, let him go. Because I think he took 30 shots, but he made 22 of them or something like that. He was unreal last night. So just had to throw a little bit of love out there for that because it was yeah, just so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office channel on YouTube. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. And then, of course, over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, you can follow us there. So if you happen to go somewhere, you're heading off in the car or whatever, take us with you. Right? We can be we can be along yeah. for the ride. We yeah, like road no trips. I, I, I like road trips, too. All right. So make sure you guys do that. And if you wouldn't mind while you're at it, toss us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. That stuff does matter. We would certainly appreciate it. And then uh, give us some comments in the review. Maybe we'll read a few of them right here on the show. Yeah, we're closing in on 100. Mm-hmm. So let's get uh, let's let's crack the 100 uh, reviews over on All Apple. Right. Appreciate it, everybody. Till next time, stay safe and see ya. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.